what is up guys it's a different episode style for diggity uh on this great tuesday we've got will traxler from uh tracks master software creator of exception and uh he's been exceptionally grateful i had to put a pun in uh to give us an interview uh today on uh, why he made the game how he got into it and uh just will as a person um we've been able to communicate with will over the last couple of weeks now um and uh he's turned out to be a great guy so Totally looking forward for this interview. And uh, without further ado, I guess, um, Will, if you want to just open up, man, with, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself, um, you know, give your social security number to the internet, you know, all that great stuff. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I forgot to discuss this ahead of time, but uh, I do have one restriction for interviews. There's a limit of two puns. Um, oh. so with two hosts, that's limits you to one, one pun per host. So I'm going to go ahead and clear gosh. that up. Oh, uh, um, you, you just screwed Jeff's whole show up. Easily. <laughs> you, spent, you spent the past three days coming up with puns. I bet uh, <laughs> every day, every waking hour. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But yeah, um, my name is Will Traxler. I'm a, uh, solo game developer based in South Carolina. Uh, I have a gigantic studio, which consists of a spare bedroom in my house. Uh, it's a very big enterprise, just me. Um, and uh, last week, I released a game called Exception, which is a platformer set inside an old lady's computer. Awesome. And that came out August 17th, correct? Uh, it came 13th. out, yeah, the 13th, 13th sorry. On, yeah. The on the 13th, and Sony, in their infinite wisdom, decided to release their version on uh, the 14th. So it was 13th and 14th. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> was, that, was that due to the cert process? They just took extra time in the cert process or was that um, because they're like, nah, we're just going to wait. Uh, you know, uh, the game's already out, so they can't take it away from me now. So I think I can be truthful about all these things. They, uh, they have a, uh, you have to go through and you have to go through, you through the cert process. And there's mm -hmm. also a, a, a store page setup process. And my store page had all the assets in place since I think uh, July 12th. And they elected to sit on that for about 25 days. And then at the 25th day, they said, oh, there's one more banner we need to get uh, from you. And I think that bumped it out a day because of that delay. So uh, but anyways. What? It's, it's like the banner that's on like in South Korea on the second weekend of August. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, get used on any other market. Yeah. They asked for like, they asked for like, you know, 15 different banner sizes. Yes. And, you yes. know, of course I used two out of the whole thing, but uh, I don't know. It's behind me now. So I'm just happy. Sweet. So uh, oh, yeah, you said ahead, it's uh you said you're just a one man team. I assume that are, are you working full time as well? And then doing this on the side. Yeah, I've got a, I've had a pretty fortunate, uh, situation. I work presently. I work uh, about three days a week for a bank that's around the corner from me and I, uh, like a risk management role. And then the other four days I have to put into this. So the, the development for the game has been a little bit of mix of part-time, full-time off and on, but uh, at present it's three days on through, uh, th sorry, four days on and three days off. Nice. How long did it take on that kind of a schedule? Uh, well, the, the problem with it is you have to factor in that I know absolutely nothing about this stuff. So, <laughs> a little learning curve. Yeah, the, the, the learning curve, you know, I, I think for a, for a regular developer, they could probably knock this out in like a year and a half tops. But it took me close to six to get the whole thing done. So, uh, yeah, so, so close to six years from start to finish. Wow. What made you want to you know, make Exception, specifically, uh, you know, the genre of, of what Exception is in terms of games? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I started out, um, you know, playing games when I was a tiny little kid, but my parents got like an Atari 2600 
And then, you know, during my, uh, you know, my peak growth years, I think that's when the, the original NES came out. So I've always had this affinity for like very simple platformer type games, uh, things that aren't really complicated, stuff that you can pick up pretty quick. And so um, in this current age of, uh, you know, 25 minute tutorials when you buy a game and all this comp complex stuff, I want to make something really simple. And uh, that's kind of how I kind of got on this path of this uh, simple platformer with run, jump, attack and that type of thing. What what were some of your favorite uh, games of this this genre style from back oh, then? Gosh, uh, you know, pretty much any NES game that didn't look terrible that was at my <laughs> local blockbuster <laughs> video and uh, you know movie rental place. You know, I was I was really up for just about anything, but you know, I just uh, I'm just trying to think. There's so many platformers from the NES era. You know, obviously the Mario games. You know, when I was a kid, we got the the uh, we had the we got the basic Nintendo entry level system, which was called the Control Deck. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember that. Oh yeah, and it uh, came with yeah it didn't didn't come with the robot, didn't come with the, the the light zapper gun, but it just came with the control system, two controllers, and Super Mario. So you know that was kind of the first thing that we kind of uh, just beat to death was Super Mario. So that will always have a, a special place in my memory. But you know that and a lot of the old Capcom games and Mega Man, original Mega Man, all those old type games like that are just right up my alley. Sweet. What what, uh, what inspired the art style that you used on Exception? Uh, pretty much the whole uh, the whole process to answer to any question about development is <laughs> any there was no plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it. just, it's just basically, I mean, all the all the uh, the, the uh, background buildings are assets that I licensed from uh, 3D model sites and then mm -hmm. kind of co-opted into a certain aesthetic to kind of fit this. It originally started out as kind of like a, a synth wave retro 80s type thing. And unfortunately, the game took so long that genre became packed out in the from the period of time when I started the game till today. So it doesn't seem as uh, unique as it did a couple of years ago. But yeah, pretty much anything with flashing neon uh sci-fi i tried to cobble into the game and that's it, it's really no no rhyme or reason to it just anything that looked kind of cool i would stick in there hmm. so uh, with me I, I you know i used to be in the in the games industry um uh, on the development on the marketing side as well and what's always fascinating to me is kind of figuring out like the 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 state community i guess for me i was in canada uh, and so for me that was in the you know the toronto area but you know what what's the south carolina dev scene like i know obviously the north carolina dev scene is pretty decent considering the companies that are in North, uh, North Carolina, but uh, is it a decent dev scene or is it hard finding, you know, support along the way? Did you kind of look to more like this online forums and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, most, mostly online forums. Um, you know, South Carolina is a, uh, it's an interesting state in the sense that, you know, we have a couple of metropolitan areas, which by mm -hmm. large city standards are not very big. Um, I live in a, a city called Greenville, which is kind of between Charlotte and Atlanta. And we have some technology stuff here. Um, it's nothing that's going to like change the world, but we have a couple of startups and, and things along those lines. But as far as uh, game developer stuff goes, I, I'm not really aware of a lot. Uh, there's one other guy that lives here in Greenville uh, named Thomas, and he makes a game called Pinstripe. And uh, there's another game that he has coming out. But apart from that, I'm really not aware of a whole lot in this area. You know, you refer to North Carolina, I think in the triad area where they have, mm -hmm. you know, Epic and a, a lot of really great companies over there. But that's probably, you know, a lot further away than you would think from where I am. So it's, it's kind of so we're kind of so far outside the blast radius, which I don't think there's you're a near, lot of game dev stuff. You're near Charleston, right? Or close to it? 
Uh, about, about three hours. Oh, not close hour. at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. We're well, the same not. state. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I guess maybe if you said Atlanta, Atlanta's maybe closer possibly than that triad area maybe. For I think you're right. Epstein. Yeah, because yeah. there's a decent amount of people out there, like the guys who did Smite are out there. Um, there's a couple other great devs out there as well. Huh, interesting. So, I mean, w- did you wish that there was at least some sort of like core group that is out there, like an independent game developers association chapter or something like that, that you could reach out to? Or did you find that you were, you know, able to find most of your support just online and forums? Yeah, you know, but most of the, I, I was usually okay about finding information online. Um, it definitely would have been nice to have a group that you kind of bounce ideas off of because, you know, every, everything I did through this process, I was making the same, I was making mistakes. And uh, if I could have had a resource to kind of bounce stuff off of, I could probably sidestep a few of those, but I was fortunate enough to uh, be included um, in some of the indie mega boost stuff and uh, a couple, you know, so I had an opportunity to interact with other developers through things like that. So uh, it wasn't completely adrift, but it would have been nice to have some sort of local group to get in touch with. Nice. So, uh, the game, you know, takes place in in a granny's computer. Um, is is there anything that inspired that? Is it, I mean, do you got a grandma that had yeah, you, know, <laughs> you have, have viruses on her computer? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my grandmother, my grandmother is ninety seven, and she has like one wow. of these like captive machines that only does email. <laughs> and it doesn't, you can't, I mean, it'd be like, if someone wrote a virus for this thing, you know, it would, they would be wasting their time. Cause there's probably like 12 people across the country that use it. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's more along the lines of like relatives you run into who do terrible things to their computer and then turn mm. it over to you. say like, Hey, do you, can you make this work again or something? And you turn, you open it up and there's, you know, toolbars all over their browser and all kinds of just crazy, ridiculous stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah, I loved right there in the the beginning of the game when it, it's kind of starting up and kind of setting up the story and that ad pops up and it's like, hey, you won this. I like free stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's really uh, I mean, it really just drives home the point that uh, old people should not have technology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they, they can happen as long as they keep it to themselves and let their own machines right. integrate, you know, stay yeah. off my computer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, how long did it take you to develop this title, you know, from, I guess, conceptual design to, you know, planning it out to actually getting down to the nitty gritty and even, you know, the unfortunately abysmal process of getting onto most stores, as you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the, the word plan uh, doesn't really factor in much into the production of this game. It was more <laughs> of like a, uh, you know, just this kind of start out with a general idea of uh, putting together something where you basically... I mean, my initial plan was to take some, you know, super meat boy style controls with the wall jumps and the wall slides, and then just add an attack to it basically. And mm-hmm. then over time that sort of evolved into something a little bit more complicated and a little bit, you know, a little bit more unique than just a standard copycat game. But, you know, the, the development, I'm trying to think that, that most of the content development probably took about four years uh, and that, again, that's me bumping into the edge of the table and making mistakes the whole time and mm-hmm. relearning the same thing over and over this again. This is your first game, right? I'm sorry? This is your first title, like, ever that you would ever, I mean, well, like, in-depth title in yeah. terms of the length of it. You had yeah, just exactly. played around previously, right? Yeah, I did. I, prior to this, when I spent about six months uh, just picking up game development cold, and uh, in that process, I made like a demo, but that really wasn't a, a true game in the sense that it was a 
you know, a, a really worthwhile effort. It was something I released for free. It was completely forgettable. But this one, you know, it was four years for the content piece. And then at that point, I switched over to adding consoles. And the console process for me was very, very slow. And that's kind of what finished out the remaining time. Wow. Gotcha. So did you just wake up one day and decide that, you know, hey, I'm going to develop a game. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you were doing before. I mean, I assume it might have had something to do with the bank. But, uh, I mean, what what kind of pushed you in that direction of, of developing your own game? Yeah. So I spent, this is a little bit of backstory. I spent, when I graduated college, I went to work for a local bank and the same type of thing that I do today and uh, spent about 11 or 12 years working in that. And eventually just got to the point where, you know, I kind of stopped and said, you know, I'm kind of tired of pushing numbers around all day long. Mm -hmm. I'd like to try and do something different on my own. And so I I exited the bank and prior to that, I had been spending some time learning how to program this in my spare time. And, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to do when I left the bank, you know, when you work for a big corporation or a bank or something like that, you know, the work you do, you're kind of almost on like an assembly line for like intellectual stuff. You know, right. people mm-hmm. drop stuff off and you, you do some work to it. You put it back on the assembly line and it goes down the machine somewhere. But nothing you do really has any permanence to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything Impact. you do disappears. Exactly. Everything you do disappears at some point in time. So I wanted to do something that, you know, I could like point to and say, OK, I spent so much time on this and here it is and it will hopefully exist for a long time and people may not play it but it'll be there somewhere and i could point to it and say this is where my time went and i couldn't i just couldn't do that with the bank nice interesting um obligatory question on here uh (laughs) favorite console and favorite game Ooh, gosh hard I mean, you can give a top three for games if you want, and consoles. You don't care. Go for it. You know, I should, I should, I should have something planned out for for questions like that. But I, I'm, I'm always kind of draw a blank. Nothing can prepare you for his next question. I can guarantee nothing. That. Hey, <laughs> as, as long as there's not a pun in there, it's, it's going to be no, no, no. But I, I think I'd have to say my favorite console would have to be the original NES. Nice. Um, just because again, it, it kind of came out at a point in time where I was young enough to have free time to devote to it and to just kind of dig into it for a long time. And I'd, I'd have to say, I think the favorite title would probably have to be like the original Castlevania. You know, for some reason okay. that always just pops up in my head as a, as a game is a standout title for the NES. And I could get home from school and play it for about 15 minutes and make it to the Dracula thing at the end of it. And we used to have like this old Betamax VCR. And uh, because, you know, if you remember, Beta kind of got knocked out because of VHS. My parents kind of gave that to me and my brother. And so I could hook it up to the TV and record myself winning Castlevania. And that was was the (laughs) highlight of the day for sure. So you're going to upload that, right? You know, if, if I could find like a beta, like a beta copy thing, I'd love to pull up some tapes and see myself playing, you know, like Rad Racer or some of these old yeah. titles as a little kid. I yeah. think it'd be pretty amazing. Do you uh, do you play modern consoles too? I mean, some Xbox One or PlayStation 4 or PC Gamer or anything like that? Yeah, I, I have a, a, a PC and uh, I was uh, looking on there today to set my Steam account because uh, the, <laughs> the last time I played a game was The Division and I played it in April. So it's been four months since I've had time to play oh, a man. game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> man. Yeah, developing behind. a game, I imagine, is kind of eating up all your time there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, prior to that, you know, if I, if I were to look back, I think I played a lot of like uh, Dead Cells, 
play a lot of Dark Souls games like that. But as far mm -hmm. as consoles, uh, I really don't have any. I kind of got pulled out of the loop, I think, around maybe the PlayStation 2. It was the last console I had. Oh, and then at that point, I think PC gaming kind of popped up ahead enough to where when you when the consoles came out, they were basically break even, I think, with some of the PC technology at that time. So there really wasn't a huge drive for me to go pick up a console at that time. Right. Gotcha. Um, the obligatory question, have you indeed played Peggle or no? I have not. I'm okay. not familiar with it. Is that, is, well, that a, is that a similar title? Or It's, uh, it's an inside <laughs> thing on this podcast. Basically, okay. Peggle is this is this, this game by, what was it, PopCap, I think originally, yeah. or under EA now, and it's just this mindless game that's absolutely, I mean, there's no reason to ever play it. So good, good job. Jeff Jeff mentions it in a, in a lot of our episodes it's, for no yeah. particular reason. It's just you have to have uh, the So it's kind of a, an inside thing for us. I, I can see you didn't do your homework. That's all right, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe you should like, maybe like in the middle of the podcast, you should roll like a trailer for Peggle. You know, that could just be like your oh, thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just right in the middle of every single episode. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah, great. Like, here, here's a clip from Exception, then you roll Peggle. There you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, so what do you make of the, the, the current game industry? I mean, just as a whole with all of the microtransactions and all of this stuff, I mean, uh, given that you're, you're big on, you know, the NES and more of the classic games, I assume that uh, you probably aren't a fan of it, but what, what's your take on it? Gosh, that, that's a, that's a very wide ranging question. Um, it is. It's a broad yeah. stroke. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I guess the the two things that stand out to me, um, or maybe there's three. I guess the first one is there's just a huge mass of games right now, and mm -hmm. uh, like like a lot of industries, it's kind of become kind of a, a winner takes all type thing in a lot in a sense to where I think you have maybe, gosh, I think there's probably room maybe in a given year for maybe a hundred titles this in people's consciousness. And yeah. and so it's, it's hard, I think, for anything beyond that. It, it, it doesn't break into that top 100 uh, to, to really resonate and, and be successful. And it's definitely a challenge. I think it's good to have a lot of diversity in titles out there. But at the same time, uh, it's, it is becoming a much more difficult industry the more titles are released. The second thing um, on the topic of microtransactions, mm -hmm. I, I've always found those distasteful. Um, I just I don't like. I don't like the concept as a whole. I mean, I can understand picking up a hat, you know, for $2 or something, but it's kind of become this thing, which reminds me when I was a child or a kid, you know, we had baseball card packs and mm -hmm. you go out and you buy a pack of cards and you may, and the, and the manufacturers would put in these special insert cards, which were like, you know, the gold foil cards. And, you know, if you were, if you get one, it's worth more because they're rare. And they, they kind of use those same kind of mechanics today for a lot of the loot box type things. And to right. me, it kind of scratches the same itch that gamblers have. And it, that, to me, again, is something that just rubs me the wrong way. And I wish that, you know, over time, that would kind of just fade away. Yeah, I, I uh, we fully agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, we've we've discussed that many of times on the podcast. But yeah, uh, I'd even I even say too at the start for the <clears throat> in terms of the gambling thing. I mean, I think for me, I think Brody's been the same the entire time. Um, but in my opinion, I think when we first started the podcast almost, you know, about a year ago now, um, you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, people can make their own decisions, all that kind of stuff. And now, I mean, it has definitely, I think, gotten out of hand a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just been kind of this scapegoat for another revenue stream, honestly. And it's kind of in a, in a distasteful way, as you, as you mentioned there. And I also totally agree with you on, um, 
you know, it's, it's hard to get seen. I think it's easier than ever to, to get a game up uh, in terms of like, there's not as much red tape anymore to get a game up on a system or to get up on steam. But with that, it's almost impossible as ever now to get, you know, noticed and get in the limelight. Yeah, sure. It absolutely is. And I, I get, and I think, you know, it's always funny to, I, but even though I don't get a chance to play games as much as I, I would like to, I, I do love to see all the controversies that crop up and, you know, now we've got, I guess, the Epic Mega, you know, the Epic Store is kind of the, right. the big thing right now and everything. And, uh, you know, kind of loosely tied into what you are talking about with, you know, the making it easier to make games and more of them out there is, uh, you know, in the case of Epic, I think a, a lot of people, um, I, I myself hate launchers. I mean, every time the, the <laughs> Ubisoft thing, I, I avoid games, actively avoid games that require me to log into another thing. But, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, you know, what's Valve and what is Steam going to look like in 15 years? And Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very likely, I think, at some point that control of the company is going to fall to someone who is just looking to maximize the resale value to an Amazon or a Microsoft or whomever. And, uh, you know, although I I can't say I'm excited about like the, the tactics that are being used by Epic, I understand them. And uh, and do think ultimately it would be good to have a an, a, a fallback store <laughs> if uh, if something weird happens with Steam. Yeah. Um. So the like you were saying with the the launchers and stuff, you know that that is something that a lot of PC gamers have a problem with, especially when they're one of them is run by or uh, partially owned by a a large Chinese company. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there you know there there's a in the gaming industry right now. There's so much bad publicity but uh what's what's something you know good that you're seeing in in video games something that you're excited about for the future of video games you know um I, I, it's funny for me to say this because i don't i don't have one yet <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the, the vr stuff i think is potential potential to be very exciting um mm-hmm. it's uh you know i want to pick up an oculus s at some point now that i have a little bit of free time on my hands and uh you know it's hard to tell if it's going to really take off at some point in time, but as far as offering something completely new, I, I think VR is it. Uh, you know, you, you can do things in VR that are impossible in any other scenario with a 2D screen. And I'm really excited to see, you know, a couple of years out, you know, five to seven years out when the hardware continues to advance and uh, developers start to understand more about how to, you know, build titles for it. I'm really excited to see where that's going to go. I, I totally agree. I think it's it's definitely something where I feel like people haven't figured out how to make it work with the technology yet. And also there's that balance, right, of the technology and how, how far it is too. Would you would you say like AR to you then doesn't matter? Augmented reality is is you know the lesser of the of, uh, compared between the two? Um, you know, to be honest, I I haven't spent a lot of time on on titles that use that. Um, you know, t- to me, you know, the, this, the greatest thing is, is like robo recall that, you know, that comes with the original Oculus and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, something like that, like that is com- almost completely immersive. Uh, to me, I, I think it is, I guess when I look at that, I see more opportunity for creativity than with an augmented reality type thing. Although again, uh, people are going to come up with some really neat uses for this, which I can't even imagine uh, for both of them. So I look forward to seeing what comes out. Nice. Um, so you were talking about how hard it is to get the the spotlight, especially, you know, between indie devs. I mean, there's hundreds of games coming out on the Nintendo Switch every week, and it's really easy to get lost in that. But, I mean, at least from the outside looking in, it, it, it appears that 
you've gotten a pretty decent amount of publicity and especially for, you know, your, your first game and all of that. Um, what's that been like? I mean, is it as, as large uh, of an, I guess, publicity as, as what it seems like, or how's that been? You know, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not completely sure. I, I've been deliberately <laughs> looking away from all the, all the sales <laughs> figures and everything. Just because, Smart man. Well, like that, just to give you some, some background on like this, you know, everybody thinks that going into it, that launch day is like this big, exciting event. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, for me, it didn't actually work out that way. I had, uh, I had some reviewers uh, prior to launch mentions a bug in the game that occurs about midway through mm-hmm. which uh you know for something that you've been working on for this long it's kind of like getting like you know punched in the stomach yeah so I, was, I was kind of in the in a furious you know in fury mode going through trying to uh get patch stuff put together when the launch actually came i will say you know it has been encouraging um i i, I mentioned this the other day to someone that i've I never use Twitter. Uh, it's just something that I never really got that into. But over the past week or so, I've used it more than I have in my entire <laughs> life because there's been so much coming in on that. And that part of it's been really exciting. And I, seeing people post clips and all that stuff is just great. I, I'm glad you use Twitter because that's how we got in contact with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I personally... Uh, I, I also don't like using Twitter, but I use it for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all it is for me. Uh, yeah, I'm I don't, the same way about Facebook. I just I, I log into it and it says these are like a message icon, and I click on. I was like, well, there's nothing here. I don't understand what's going on. It's just it's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, I mean Twitter. I mean the game dev community. I mean taking to Twitter like crazy. I don't get it. I would have yeah. thought like more Instagram or some other you know, some other source, but it's, it's interesting to me. You know, the launch day stuff is interesting that you say that because I totally feel you on that. I mean, it is the the whole time when you launch something, I mean, people, people, I think from the outside who haven't haven't been in this stuff, they kind of think that everyone's like partying and celebrating. I mean, it is so nerve wracking. (laughs) You are It was sheer terror, hoping that not too many people got, you know, their systems crashed by my bug. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I will say this. I mean, I I worked for a a large free to play uh, title at one point and um, you know, that free to play title when it first launched um, was, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't good. It really wasn't. And over the course of, you know, the last couple of years and when I was there also, you know, we made it better and better and better. And I think what matters now is I think it's people finally understand that, you know, when a game comes out, that's not it, mm-hmm. right? Like we have the ability to update it. And I think as long as you update it as a company and you're transparent and you're truthful with those things, people come back and they give it a try or people, you know, give raving reviews and, and, and tell uh, people by word of mouth about your game and, and how you actually care about it. So it sounds like you're doing the the right things, man. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's kind of you know, tripped up towards the end there. So oh, you know, no. the, the, the most frustrating part about it is, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you make a mistake in the game, you know, when it comes to something like steam, you know, I can have a fix out and, you know, as much time as it takes me to fix yes. the code and produce a build. When you go through the console stuff, there's a lot of weird stuff that comes into play. Uh, there's, in certain instances, you have to go through the whole QA process again. Yep. There's very, very, very shocking ex- uh, restrictions on patch sizes, um, most of which is out of your, is beyond your control because of some technology stuff that goes on. And uh, so it's, it's kind of like a, a like a Sophie's Choice type moment where you have to decide, okay, 
do I want to issue this patch now or do I want to wait a little bit longer to see if other stuff breaks and then issue the patch? And it's kind of a, it's put me in an interesting spot. Yeah, we, we had, I had a crazy um, time where I was trying to bring back a game that was um, from, uh, you know, way back from the Acclaim days. And we were trying to bring it to the Wii U actually at the time. And we went to go submit. We had everything ready. We're ready to launch. And it had sat there, I think for like, two weeks or so and it was a racing title and then nintendo actually changed um their photo sensitivity rules uh within their dev portal um and the problem was is that um the speed of the vehicle try not to say the name of the game it's so hard <laughs> legal wise uh, the right. speed of the vehicle that would pass the you know that when you'd pass the finish line basically ticked off their photosensitivity or their new photosensitivity reading and basically were unable to launch that game oh, gosh. Um, at that time. So I, I totally feel you on, on just things that just happen randomly or like you said, the patch sizes. Um, the marketing stuff is honestly probably some of the weirdest stuff ever. And that's what I used to do. Um, I, you know, 15 different banners for all different regions and some of them never get used. Some of them just show up somewhere random. Like, Hey, there's my game. What the, Oh, there's, this, there's where I, why I made that banner. Okay. Yeah. I get it now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think for, for me, one of my hopes is that that gets better the next generation. I really hope so for people because yeah. it's, I mean, I've seen people give up at that point where it comes time to talk to Microsoft and Sony and, and go through that process. I mean, it's, it's, it's intimidating and it can be a million problems at you all at once. And basically you have their attention and you want to get stuff done as quickly as possible to get their attention back. Cause they're really busy. Yeah. I had uh, you know, this, since you, since, uh, you know, you understand what I, what all this process is, it sounds like and everything. And I had my, my initial launch date was supposed to be mid July. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, I got through one of the console manufacturers, with no problems through cert and then uh, hit a snag with two others. And, uh, you know, and, and, and which just, ones? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and also complicating that is having uh launching in, in, in Europe and North America. So it's kind of, you know, you're juggling a bunch of different builds and different languages. And, uh, and it, it really was a uh, kind of a rude awakening that, uh, you know, seeing some of the stuff that they had flagged, it wasn't extensive by any means, but, you know, uh, this things that I, I would have never predicted uh, around verbiage, you know, references to buttons and things that I thought would be very simple. You know, they object to a lot of things. <laughs> did, did you localize this in like numerous languages or just just the one? Yeah, it's in uh, it's in, I think, six languages, including English. And again, mm -hmm. something something that I didn't realize. I, I made that decision prior to going down the console path and. Right. did not realize you know exactly what i was getting myself into <laughs> <laughs> it just made things a lot more difficult wow what's um what's something that you would give other indie devs like uh some some knowledge some some tidbits going into it what's what's some advice you got for them gosh i i think uh you know i was thinking about this the other day just looking back at what had worked for me and what didn't work for me and i think what worked best for me uh is kind of having kind of a side gig type thing, uh, being able to work, you know, a couple days a week and get some pretty consistent income and also to get, you know, kind of work as part of a team, you know, in a, in a different industry while I have side the game stuff going on. Cause it does get after a while, when you, you sit in the same spare bedroom for a couple hours a day, working on a project, it's nice to be, you know, able to step out of that every once in a while and work with other people. So I think, 
you know, my advice to anyone going down this path is to try and keep some options open and have some outside income and outside of work to kind of supplement what you're doing. Right. That's, that's interesting. And you think that, that, that it, that it was able to kind of having the side gig be able to take you away from the project. Cause a lot of times too, you can get real agitated at the project and, and you know, there might be a, an issue that you have or a bug you got to squish and just staring at it forever is not going to help and, and walking away from it sometimes helps. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and it does kind of help to kind of hit the reset button every once in a while. And, um, you know, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't like, you know, staying up till two in the morning on game stuff on the days I was working. I was, I took a pretty, you know, relaxed, you know, pace mm -hmm. on things, but it, I, I will say, you know, this is an example. Last week, it was fantastic to be able to stop worrying about the game and <laughs> going to work for a day. I, I was so happy. It was the happiest day of going into work I've ever had, I think. But from a, you know, from a, from a resource standpoint though, um, you know, working outside and having other income really opened a lot of doors for me. It let me, you know, go to a couple of shows, you know, things I might've been hesitant to do if I was kind of burning through savings. So, you know, going right. to PACS and GDC and stuff like that was worth thinking. Those were examples of things I would have probably not have done, you know, if I had, didn't have that outside work. Did, did you ever tell people, um, you know, who you're working with and stuff like that, that you were, that you were working on this thing? And, and I mean, did they think you were crazy or did they yeah, yeah. think it was cool? Well, they would think I'm crazy if it wasn't for the video game. But uh, <laughs> they, they were, they, they've been very supportive, you know, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a lot of the people I work with don't have uh, the same sort of affinity for games that you or I probably do. Mm -hmm. So in, in their minds, what I've been doing is making an app for the app store. And they, <laughs> oh, you know, no. I keep trying to tell them, you know, you can, this is this is for Nintendo and PlayStation. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to put something on iOS, but uh, is this like Candy Crush? So, so you've got like you get a woman, you walk in, and then the ladies is like, "How's your app doing there?" Well, it's the game, Janet. It's a game. Yeah, I had one person at one point in time say, "Is this going to be a free game?" I almost like oh. reached over, started strangling them right now. Like, oh, it's not going to be free. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so. Uh, for a little backstory before I ask you about this, but I basically we took a break from our diggity indie radar that we've been doing. We we probably haven't done it for four months now. Yeah, and we came back and we started looking at the indie games, and your game caught our eye, right? And so we made it our our diggity indie radar, our, our returning uh, the the one for the month instead of one every week because that was getting <laughs> a little hectic. But yeah, uh, and, and so. You know, I, I tagged you on on Twitter when I posted about it, and uh, you you mentioned something about a trophy, um, <laughs> yes. and you even made a nice little image. It, you know, took an Oscar <laughs> and all that good stuff. Uh, so I don't think you believed I would do it, but I actually sent you a trophy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have the box right here. Yeah, I, I uh, haven't opened it yet. I was going to do it so you can get the the, the tears streaming down my face as I do that. Uh, my, my only requirement for that is if anyone else tries to send you a trophy, you are to decline. Uh, this is the one and only trophy for exception you are yeah. allowed to accept. Yeah. It's a very prestigious award. <laughs> yeah, if you get a game award, you got to use it like a doorstop. Yeah, everything else goes straight into the trash without even opening it. That's right. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm going uh, through. I'm going through the, uh, the 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 paper right now to get to the award itself. Yeah, it's pretty intense packaging. It, it doesn't feel like a pipe bomb. So no, it's not. No, you're safe. All right. Oh, uh, this is this is going in a place of prominence in my house for hell sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you reached out of and and you know made the joke about it, I was like, 
I'm gonna buy this guy a trophy. I, I don't. I don't give a shit. I'm buying this guy a trophy. This is awesome. And the you know, the this turnaround is the, time was amazing on that too, because I think it was like the next day or two that you had it. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. I I was impressed myself, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I I couldn't help it. This is by far probably the the best interaction we've ever had with an indie dev and, or a dev in general. And so, I mean, hell yeah, I'll give you the the first official diggity award. Man, thank you so much. I'm I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and it's got like the goddess with her wings and she's yeah. holding up she's holding up a torch you know you can't get any better than this hell yeah oh <laughs> man i'm glad you like it i'm glad you like it yeah like i said i'm gonna i'm gonna put this somewhere i'm gonna i might actually order like a shelf for the the wall can you set the thumbnail for this podcast with the trophy maybe i we sure can oh easily i took pictures before i sent it yeah, I wasn't going to send it without sending, taking some pictures. I mean, hell. <laughs> <laughs> to take pictures of the hardware, man. That's you know, right. In retrospect, we should have had like some, uh, you should have had like a, like a, like a speech and had me say something. And then as I'm talking, you start playing the orchestra music as if I'm going too long, you know, like at the Oscar. Oh, well, hell, man, I well, can do that. Actually, in post. I think you got to give the speech. I not can me. do that in post. You go ahead, give your give your Oscar speech right now. I'll put the yeah, man, you're, behind it. you're receiving the award, not me. You got to give the speech. Yeah, I'll, I'll put the playoff music on. You <laughs> I, go ahead. I, I just want to thank my agent. I want to thank the producers for putting me in this role. It's been the role of a lifetime. Just thank you for the Academy. Thank you for the voters and especially the people that played the game. Wow. You, play, you can start the music there. That beautiful. Was, that was beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Um, before we wrap it up here, Will, um, what is is next for you? I mean, are you going to take a big, long, extended break? Are you hoping to take this to other places? Are you hoping to localize the game? Are you hoping to work on a new game? Yeah. Um, you know, what's it, your plan? Oh, uh, well, yeah. It's kind of all of the above, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of. Uh, getting a couple patches out uh, to address a couple of stability issues. And once I get the game stabilized, I'd like to take a look at maybe cleaning up a couple of loose ends uh, in the game. Stuff that's not critical, but stuff that kind of bothers me a little bit. And, you know, after that is done, um, I haven't really thought that far ahead. Uh, I don't know what the reception to the game overall is going to be for the long term. Uh, I'd like to have the opportunity to do something again, probably something a lot smaller scale, Mm -hmm. uh, probably something ridiculously stupid to be honest with you, but uh, Perfect. yeah, wait and see, I guess. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much, man, for, for taking the time out of your day to uh, have this interview with us. Um, guys, you can check out exception. Um, Will's game. Uh, sounds like he spent, I mean, years on this thing. Uh, it's great. Uh, Brody and myself both played it. Um, go check it out. Uh, and uh, Will can't thank you enough, man, for coming on the show. Yeah, this is this has been fantastic, and thank you for inviting me, and thank you for the trophy as well. <laughs> uh, thank you, man. I, we appreciate it. Uh, it's a damn good game. I've been having a blast playing it, um, and yeah, you absolutely deserve that trophy that you got. <laughs> my, my diggity. <laughs> That's right, the diggity. Uh, well, thanks, man. I we appreciate you coming on uh, and spending some time with us here. So yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Have man. a good one, buddy. Bye.